Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online, internet, around the world church service. I'm so happy that you're here today, and I want to invite you, grab your Bibles, and meet me today in Psalm 34. And let's look at verse 9 as we prepare our hearts to receive the tithe and the offering. Praise the Lord. Again, Psalm 34, verse 9, and I want to read this directly to you from the Amplified Bible, which brings out the fuller and richer meaning of the original Hebrew. Verse 9, O fear the Lord, you His saints, revere and worship Him. For there is no want to those who truly revere and worship Him with godly fear. My friends, if you are having a challenge in your finances, the first thing that you want to do is you want to obey biblical financial principles. You want the tithe because the tithe belongs to the Lord, and we want to give the tithe to Him. That is done by bringing it into the spiritual storehouse from which you receive your spiritual nourishment. And we also want to work kingdom principles of giving, sowing and reaping, seed time and harvest, because those are eternal principles that never go out of style. They never change. But along with the operation of these principles, we want to always be worshipers of the Lord. Because you can be in a very difficult situation. You could have a financial test. My friends, but if you will just go on your knees lift up your hands and say, Lord, there's a challenge. The numbers perhaps don't look that good. Maybe they're inverted. <laughs> they're not the way they should be. <laughs> but Lord, I'm so glad that I have a Jehovah Jireh in my life. I'm so glad that you're in my life and that you are the God who will see to it that my every need is met. That's literally what Jehovah Jireh means. The God who will see to it that your every need is met. My friends, when you just begin to reverently worship the Lord like that, and just begin to lift Him up as your financial caretaker, as the God who gives wisdom in areas of financial help, I tell you what, the, the difficult situations will begin to be erased and removed out of your life. It is very, very important to worship the Lord, because we are seeing clearly here in Scripture that worship dissolves lack, dissolves it completely. God will take you not only out of lack, not only into a place of sufficiency, but also into the land of abundance, the Canaan land, which is a place of overflow. Praise the Lord. And it is God's will for you to be living in and experiencing the overflow blessing. Well, Pastor Stephen, I'm not quite really, I'm not seeing that really turned on in my life. The faucet doesn't seem to be flowing. <laughs> my friends, let the worship flow. And you'll see that God will just remove it. He'll remove lack out of your life. And don't stop worshiping Him. Just keep worshiping Him. But I would say in the area of finances, be bold with your faith and be bold with your, with your application of the wisdom of of what you know about God and just say, God, I know that 
You are a financial genius. God, you're the creator of money. God, you're the creator of business, and I worship you. Jesus, I worship you as the greatest businessman ever. Jesus, I thank you for your counsel, your advice, through your word, through your Holy Spirit. God, I worship you. I thank you for healing my finances. I thank you for putting me in a place of overflow. I thank you uh, for uh, blessing me, making me rich so that I can be a blessing. Praise the Lord. And remember, the word rich means to have a full supply. Praise the Lord. God is not opposed to you being rich. He would only be opposed to you being covetous. And one of the ways to always keep a covetous spirit away is just by giving. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. And I really believe that God will cause a lot to flow through you as long as you don't get the old uh, covetous sticky finger type syndrome. And uh, should that temptation ever come, just uh, immediately begin to sow seed, begin to give offerings, praise the Lord, and you'll walk in that freedom. Hallelujah. So in your, in your, I would call it Holy Spirit curriculum, make sure that you are always a worshiper and in this area, because we're going to receive the tithe and the offering, make sure that you are a worshiper of God as the God of prosperity. And you can just tell him that you can say, God, I thank you that I don't have a poor God. <laughs> Lord, I thank you that you're not up in heaven and you're, you're commanding and telling me to do this because you're broke and you've got to pay the angels and you're looking for me to take some of mine and give it to you. no, no, these instructions, these principles are not for God's sake. They are for our sake. This is how you come into the blessing. So just tell that to the Lord. Lord, I thank you that you operate in inexhaustible wealth. You are the God of glory. You are the God of wealth. And I worship you. I thank you that you're good. And that aspect of your goodness includes all of your wealth, all of your riches. God, I praise you. Hallelujah. Stop and think about it just for a moment. Would you really want to worship a poor God that not only can't take care of himself, but couldn't take care of his worshipers, his followers? Now, you would think, now, something's not right about this. This is I, 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 just the, the concept of God alone denotes not needing help from anybody. God is God, and God, he, he, he's, he's, how can I say, self-sustaining. Praise the Lord. So we want to tie into God's bedrock of blessing. Glory to God. So my friends, keep the worship going up and, and take those moments to literally just get on your knees and worship God as your provider, as the meter, uh, uh, the one who meets all of your financial needs and just keep that going. Keep that going. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Some uh, there are a few that if you'll do that, you'll actually feel a, a spirit of poverty just float off of you and lift off of you, and uh, you'll be free from that. And I'm not saying that you're like a homeless person or something like that, but you can be saved and love Jesus and have a spirit of poverty on you that causes you to think and operate in ways that are far removed from the uh, royalty mindset that the Lord wants you to operate in. Praise God. So worship brings liberation and freedom, and it keeps the blessing flowing. Make sure that you are bringing your worship before the Lord in the area of worshiping, worshiping Him as your provider. Praise God.
Father, I pray for your people today as they're bringing the tithes and offerings into the storehouse that your Holy Spirit would give them those gentle reminders that they are worshipers. Yes, we worship you in a, in a general sense, but also, Father, directed worship in the sense that you're our provider. Now, I thank you, Father God, that not, not one mouth will ever go hungry, not one pocket will ever be empty. Should there be somebody that would need to, a little help on the side, they'll never be able to say, oh, I can't do anything, I don't have anything. Father, for those divine moments when they are to help, they'll always have something that would be an overflow. Father, we praise you. We give you glory. We thank you for the overflow in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, for those of you that are mailing in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International. P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, 28654. And if you prefer to bring the tithes and offerings in online, you can do so safe and secure by visiting the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage that says give, and it has a red heart on it. You can click that, and it'll take you right to the area where you can bring the tithe in, which is 10% of all of your increase, and then if you would like to give an offering, so something special, you'll see some various projects that we have that we're working on, and your extra is appreciated in those areas. Praise the Lord. Father, thank you for your people. They're giving hearts, and I thank you that their finances will never, ever run dry, ever. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Wow, that's amazing. No want, no lack. Tremendous. Now, let's take our Bibles and go to Exodus chapter 7 today. And as we are journeying through the Canaan land, the promised land, and believing God to uh, step into our full inheritance, the things that we will be discussing today will help you to do just that. Praise God. And we're going to get to a verse eventually that is a statement that Jesus made. And when we get to it, I, I feel confident that you will agree with me that it is, it is a statement that almost can just, it makes you in, in a sense almost want to fall off your chair. It is so contrary to a lot of the religious teaching that we, if you grew up in church, were pre-programmed with or had pumped into you. And it's, it's not biblical tradition, it's tradition of men. And uh, they were well-meaning, uh, had good intentions, but they were wrong. And I'll take you to a verse in, here in a few minutes that is quite staggering. And uh, the instant you hear it, it's going to release hope into your heart. Now, it's going to bring joy, but it's going to also bring this hope that you know that God can do it for you too. We'll get there in just a moment. But let's start in Exodus chapter 7. And as we jump into the, the sermon, let's open up in prayer. Father, we ask that as we do study your word today and hear the teaching and reading of your word, that your Holy Spirit would illuminate it to our spiritual ears and spiritual eyes so that we can hear it and see it, take it, and apply it to our lives today. We thank you for its life-transforming power. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Verse 7. And Moses was 80 years old, and Aaron 83 years old, when they spoke to Pharaoh. 
So Moses, you know, he got his primary calling when he was a little bit older in life. I know that uh, Colonel Sanders, the man that, uh, you know, started the Kentucky Fried Chicken, he didn't get that rolling until he was 65 years old. So uh, there's plenty of time for you to do what God has called you to do. That doesn't mean you have time to waste, but uh, don't be discouraged if you have a little more water under the bridge than some of us. Just get right on task of what it is you're supposed to be doing. And I believe all said and done, you will have it completed on time. Verse 8, Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh speaks to you, saying, Show a miracle for yourselves, then you shall say to Aaron, Take your rod and cast it before Pharaoh, and let it become a serpent. So Moses and Aaron went in to Pharaoh, and they did so, just as the Lord commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. But Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers, so the mag magicians of Egypt, so they, they also did in like manner with their enchantments. Every man threw down his rod, and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. Well, you would think maybe that because Moses comes in with such a power demonstration, and, uh, you know, he's got Aaron there with him. And so, I mean, they've, they've got it going on. And they're, they, they basically outpower, outperform the magicians that are operating in satanic occult power. And, uh, you know, maybe if you're new in this, you would think, well, that's really cool. You know, maybe Pharaoh will just step back, pull his keys out and say, you know what, Moses, I'll tell you what, you and Aaron, you know, I, di I didn't think you guys had that kind of power, but obviously you've got something bigger, stronger than what we have. So here's my keys and I'm going to tell all my men to stand back. I'm going to tell my army to stand back and you guys just go ahead and take, take off and uh, take anything you need and you're free to go. <laughs> but um, as we all know, it didn't quite turn out like that, did it? Verse 13, in Pharaoh's heart grew hard, and he did not heed them as the Lord has said. So the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hard. He refuses to let the people go. Praise the Lord. Well, my friends, I think it's very important that we understand that while Pharaoh is going to stay in his stubborn will, Moses is going to stay in the will of God. He's going to operate also with a tenacity and a faith and a never quit, never die, never give up type attitude. And if you will exercise your willpower in the assignments that the Lord has plugged you into, you'll find out that you will get it accomplished and you will get it done. But you have to really stay on, on track in order to overcome just your willpower alone is one of the greatest gifts that God gives an individual because it is your will. Uh, and we're not robots. It's our own free will where we decide where we want to spend eternity. And we make that decision. Nobody else, not even our best friend, not our spouse. That is your will. That is your choice. So your will to fight your will to not quit, your will to not give up, your will not to just throw in the towel and say, oh, it's too hard, didn't know it was going to take this long, 
or, you know, just to say, like for like Moses, you know, uh, he could have said, well, I, I didn't know Pharaoh was going to be so stubborn. You know, I, di I didn't know he was going to tell all of this. Or, I think this is just too much. No, he didn't do that. And neither will you. You're going to stand and you're going to stand strong. And when you're willing to stick with it and stay focused, you're going to reach the finished the finish line. I really believe that one of the uh, primary reasons, if not the main reason, I actually think it's the main reason, uh, maybe even the only reason why people fail is because they lose focus. It's just flat out broken focus. And if you lose your focus, you cannot, you cannot target that tremendous willpower that God has given to you. You may have a focus to get in shape, to exercise or something like that. But if your willpower is not kept on that and uh, you start, you know, getting distracted with all kinds of things. And the next thing you, you're saying is I don't have time or this or that, then, you know, it's not going to happen. So your will on assignment, a refusal to never quit, to never give up is is an extreme gift from the Lord, but you have to exercise that will. You have to exercise that will, and it is very, very powerful. Praise the Lord. So Moses locked in for the long haul, and he did eventually see the victory. Uh, he's going to go through the entire uh, ten plagues of seeing that unfold and watching the Egyptians uh, be in misery and suffering. Uh, the ten plagues, of course, were ten individual judgments on the 10 primary gods that the Egyptians worshiped and they all fell before the power of the Lord. Even Pharaoh himself was viewed and was lifted up as a God. And by the time it's all said and done, the Egyptians knew, no, he's just a man like anybody else. Well, God's purposes were worked, but we also in this determination to never quit Here's something that you need to know. You must also never compromise or step back from what it is that you know would be God's best. You don't want to settle for another option. You really want to go with the main, with the main thing and never get off of that. Pharaoh offered compromises to Moses at various times. There were times he said, Hey, look, Okay, so you guys, you, you want to go worship? All right. You can go, but you can only go a certain distance. And then after you've done your worshiping, then come back. Moses was like, no, that's, uh, we're, we're not going to sign any kind of contract like that. We're not making any type of uh, verbal agreement, anything like that. No, 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 we're not doing anything like that. Other times Pharaoh would say, well, you know, I tell you what, all right, all right, you've got my attention. Why don't you go? Just go ahead and go. Don't go too far, but you can go ahead and go. And, uh, but don't, don't take any of your cattle. Don't take any of your animals or anything like that. And Moses just like, no, 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 look, 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 uh, Pharaoh or in, in, in Pharaoh's a symbol of the devil. Basically devil, you're not setting the terms here. You're not going to govern how I'm going to live my life. I'm going to walk in freedom and I'm going to walk in the fullness of freedom. And uh, the, these compromises, they're just flat out, not an option. We're going out completely and we're going out freely. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So second best, you must determine that it's unacceptable, that you can't accept it. And really, if you'll look at it carefully and be honest in your heart, second best 
It won't even, it won't do. It won't even get you to where, you're, where you need to go. And if you compromise and take it every day of your life that you look at that second best thing, it will remind you of your compromise. It won't remind you that, oh, it's pretty good as it is. No, it'll speak to you and say, you could have had the best, but you compromised and you settled for something else. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I have found that in this area of compromise, just like Pharaoh tried to tell Moses and Aaron, hey, look, let's look at some other options. And they didn't bite on that. But you know what? Satan, he will come and he'll try to suggest to you through thoughts. And you, you can't uh, in the natural realm really see what's going on. But the, he, he sends out demons and these demons that are evil spirits, they come and they suggest to you, well, you know, maybe you're just trying too hard or maybe you're reaching for too much or maybe, you know, it's just you really don't really need that exact thing that you're asking. And they'll try to get you to back off of it. And if you compromise and you release your faith and let it go, it's over with. It'll never happen. It'll never happen. So you have to be very alert that these compromising voices that are out there don't cheat you out of your miracle. And these, these spirits, they come and they, they try to just say things like, well, you know, you don't really need a healing. After all, you've been, uh, you know, getting along. Yes, you're having pain and uh, you're having awful side effects from the medication, but you know, you're still getting your way through life. You're limping as you go, so to speak, but you know, you don't really need to exert all of this extra effort and energy to believe God for a miracle. Just go ahead and ride it out like you are. And if you do that, you'll never see God's miracle power in your life because they are deceivers. These are lying spirits meant to rob you of your blessing. But I believe my friend, you're going to get everything that you are entitled to in the covenant that was ratified through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Let us go now to Matthew chapter 15, Matthew 15. Let's drop down the verse 21. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. And of course, the, the phrase, son of David, anybody Jewish knew exactly what that meant. Now, of course, she's not Jewish, but she did know, just as many did, about this coming Messiah that would one day show up. And the Lord's ministry is just, you know, booming. And many are being touched and reports are not only just, you know, rocketing through the land of Israel, but they're also jumping borders and people in neighboring nations are hearing about the miracle worker and uh, the Messiah of Israel and so forth. So she basically, when she says son of David, she's basically saying, I, I believe you are that messianic king that's been prophesied. And, he, and she says, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. And that's not, that's not a good thing, especially for the mother. There's something about mothers that uh, they have that tenderness and that sweetness, uh, that sensitivity for their children. And she's just not going to tolerate a dirty old demon living in her daughter. And, of course, all of the... 
awfulness that would be inflicted upon the daughter. Who knows what in the world is going on back in the house? I'm sure it's a mess. And uh, she's just like, you know, I, I, I'm not going to put up with this. And so she's saying, have mercy on me. She's asking Jesus for help. But he answered her, not a word. And maybe for some of you, you're thinking, hmm, Pastor Stephen, it seems like in my life, uh, God's been just a little bit too quiet. And maybe you think, well, I know that he loves me. I have no doubt that he saved me. I know that I belong to him. But in this area, I've seen a, a strategic breakthrough in this particular area that I'm desiring God to move in. Uh, doesn't seem like God's talking very much or saying very much. So you have to understand she went through that too. And she's not like you. You're on the inside looking around on the inside. She's on the outside trying to look in. She's not a Jew. She's not a descendant of Abraham. And she's not in covenant. She has no covenant with God. But she has heard the reports, and she obviously has faith. Praise the Lord. But she's still stuck. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, <laughs> for she cries out after us. So, you know, she didn't get very far with the Lord at all. I mean, he didn't say anything. Now, now, now okay, so that's not working. Now she's going to go around the twelve, and she's bugging the daylights out of them, you know, going up to them, you know, please, please, you've got to do something. I, you've got to get him to move. Uh, you've got to get him to uh, do something on my behalf. I know he can do it because I've heard all the, all the stories and all the reports and, and you know, he's here and uh, th this is my only chance and you've got, you've got to, you've got to get to him and uh, so she about drove him nuts and th they have to go back and say, Hey, you know, Lord, she, this lady's driving us crazy. You have to have, you have to have some of that in you. Praise the Lord. You absolutely have to have some of that persistent, really, uh, it's like an attitude of, I'm not quitting, I'm not giving up for anything. And it's very interesting how the Lord is. Now, we know there's a covenant situation here of why the Lord is just not responding and, you know, uh, uh, there's some, something else going on. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But even in, in, in stories like Elijah, and Elisha, just before Elijah left the earth, well, he tells Elisha three times, hey, look, why don't you stay here? I don't really see any need for you to go on to the next, um, the next meeting I'm going to be conducting, and maybe you're tired, and, you know, we've been having very busy times lately. Why don't you just stay here? And Elisha's like, oh, you don't, no way. Whew, there's no way I'm going to miss about what's about to happen. You're about to leave, and I know it, and I'm staying with you because I'm wanting the anointing that's upon your life, double portion even. And so uh, Elijah would go, you know, to the next school, and he would minister, and then he would, uh, he would say, hey, look, now, Elisha, why don't you just stay here? You don't really need to exert all this extra energy. You know, I'm just kind of wrapping things up, you know. And, and Elisha's like, no, I'm going all the way with you. And so there can be like a shaking type thing where um, those that are just in it for curiosity or those that are just in it uh, uh, verbally alone, but they just don't have that, that faith that, that, that sticks with it. That they, there is like a shaking where they can be shaken out. And uh, it's not like God doesn't want somebody to get their miracle, but there is certainly a uh, a shaking where the Lord really wants to know who really is in this 
all out, who really means business with me, who really wants this, praise the Lord. And I think we need to have some of, uh, of that lady's tenacity within us, too, that just refuses to quit, refuses to give up, uh, and nothing, nothing is going to uh, deter her or change her. And so she's recorded in the eternal Word of God as a great illustration, a great example for us. He answered her not a word, and his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, what is the Lord doing? Staying on assignment. Staying on assignment. He, he's aware of the Gentiles, but that's later. Uh, after the cross, after the death, burial, and the resurrection, and, uh, and then his ascension. Okay, now this is going to start to go to all the nations. But right now, right now he's got to stay focused on his mission, and that is to the Jewish people. I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Praise the Lord. If you ever feel a sticking point with the Lord and you are trying to do all that you can in the sense of your, you know, you're kind of going through your list of things that you've learned and, uh, okay, pray and uh, maybe do some fasting and uh, uh, seek the Lord and this, that, and the other. And, uh, but there's, lack, there's a lack of movement. Then I would always loop you back around to this. Worship the Lord. Even if that's not the final thing that does it, because really it's her persistence. That's really the final thing that just pushes it over. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, her worship did get a response. It, I mean, that got him talking. Okay, because before that, he wasn't even going to say anything. <laughs> but it says, then she came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. And it was her worship that just boom, broke it. Got a response. Now remember, you're not on the outside trying to get in. You're already on the inside. You're washed with the blood of Jesus. You belong to the family of God. God is your Father. You have access through the blood of Jesus into the very holy place of God. But my friends, if there, for whatever still the reason would be, would be um, difficulty, just go ahead and worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. And I am convinced that it will move you forward greatly towards receiving the miracle that you desire. Praise the Lord. So she came and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Now, what is the children's bread? That would be what belongs to the Jewish people through the Abrahamic covenant. And that covenant included uh, many things. It included an atoning or a covering for their sins, which was applied year by year. And it also included healing. It included long life. It included uh, provision. It included various things. Most of those you can read about in Deuteronomy chapter 28 and how when you obeyed, you would walk in those blessings, or you could eat the bread of the children. Or if you disobeyed, you have verses 14 and onward that talk about the awful repercussions of not following God's instruction manual. 
Praise the Lord. So that's the children's bread. It's uh, in this case, it would be what she's wanting from that bread is deliverance. And that would have been included in the old covenant as well. Certainly is in the new covenant deliverance from the tormenting power of demons. That's what she's after. That's the bread. That's the bread she wants. Jesus said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Notice he never called her a dog. And uh, some people have said, now notice how this lady, she just was, she really held up even though Jesus called her a dog. No, he didn't call her a dog. He is simply trying to illustrate a point, which is his mission is to the Jewish people to feed them the food that belongs to them. And he cannot take what belongs to them and give it literally in the Greek to the puppies, to the little puppy dogs. So this is not like a put down or something like that. This is just like a, a word picture that he's trying to get across to her to help her understand why this, you know, it's just like, sorry, you're not on the, you're not on the priority list. Mm -mm. Now her response. And she said, yes, Lord. In other words, she gets it. She understands. Yet even the little puppies, if we translate it properly, the little dogs, many translations say, but in the Greek, it's the little puppies, eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Wow. So she's just saying, Lord, you know, it's not going to take a lot. I, I just, you know, you have all, you have all this food. You have all this anointing. You have all this power. And I've just got one daughter back there. She just needs deliverance. That's all, that's all we need. And, you know, basically, we're, you, we won't bother you anymore after that. Mm -mm. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as, desire, as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Now, her worship got a response from the Lord. By the way, your worship also will cause God to respond. Mm. But it also, uh, she needed her persistent faith also to still stay on that in order to get her miracle. And this is what I would like to share today. You're going to need both in order to see the miracle happen in your life. You're going to need to worship God. And you're also going to need to stay in a persistent type of faith like this woman had that just absolutely refused uh, to not give up and not leave empty handed. She came there for purpose. She was determined to get it. You have to have that in you also. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Now, let's look at something that Jesus said, though, in this statement to the lady that knocks over a whole bunch of what we could call sacred cows. What are sacred cows? They are ways of thinking that are presented in the church that are taught to the people that are not from the Bible, but they are from the religious nature of man uh, and, and man's view of God. And they are presented as doctrine over after, after a period of time, it's almost like they become the golden, uh, like a golden calf that Aaron built uh, something that would try to be a representation of God, but it's really something really goofy and we just need to break it 
throw it away and, and get rid of it. Now watch this. In verse 28, then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Now, we, we all celebrate that. We all believe that. We all agree that, yes, she had great faith. She's one of the few people in the Bible, out of all the people that Jesus ministered to, she's one of the very few that he actually said great faith, and he attributed great faith to her. Now, look at the next statement. Let it be to you as you desire. Not as he desires, because she's not, she's not on the to-do list. <laughs> This is not God's to-do list and, uh, uh, of what she's presenting. No, this is her list of what she's presenting. So, people say sometimes now, God will only do for you what He desires. I present to you, that's a sacred cow, and that's not true. God does for you what you desire. And that's a crazy statement. If, if you actually stood up in most churches that are, maybe we could call them like evangelical type churches, and you actually said, God does for you what you desire, not what he desires, what you desire, there are some that would say blasphemy, heresy, and they would throw the Bible at you. <laughs> <laughs> but that is literally what Christ said. And you can read it in all of the literal translations. You could read it even in what maybe would call modern or even paraphrased translations, and you can't get away from it. This is the Word of God. This is in the Bible. Jesus said, let it be to you as you desire. God is going to work with you on that basis of what you desire. He's going to work with you on the basis of what you desire. Pastor Stephen, all I want is what God desires. What about what you desire? God works with you on the basis of what you desire. And Jesus told her that. Let it be to you as, not as what my Father in heaven desires. No, let it be to you as you desire. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, you can't, you can't say that, Pastor Stephen, because then suddenly we're going to have believers desiring all kinds. There's no telling what they're going to desire if you open that up. Well, we just have to, we have to read it uh, according to how he said it. And that's exactly what he said. And we just have to let the Holy Spirit control that. And we cannot try to play this man-made religion game where we just, we, we say, oh no, now God would never do that. You need to sit in your box and never ask for anything beyond basic needs or don't, don't, don't be creative and ask God for something that you really want because that, you know, he, he's too busy. He has a long list. There's no way he can do all of that. And you just need to settle down, sit over here and not really ask God for too much because well, that's just not what we do. Mm -mm. Jesus said, let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Boom. Wow. The daughter, miles away, miles away, that hour, boom, she was healed. Woo. Praise the Lord. And we can't even really say in a sense that it was God's will to do that because Jesus was, he was in, he was, he wasn't going to. <laughs> he wasn't going to. Now, yes, yes, we want God's will. We're not trying to get God to do something that is not His will. But I'm just, 
I'm just looping back around again today to talk to you that I believe that desire, that thing that you want God to do, that's, that, that is something that God allowed you through your own will and the way he created you to gravitate towards. And I believe that is not something that God frowns on. I believe it's something that God smiles upon and it's not that the devil put that in you. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. It's as you desire. Praise the Lord. Let me look at it. An interesting verse with you. Psalm 37 verse four. We know this verse quite well, but I think, I think we should take a look at it because um, of something the Holy Spirit showed me a little bit earlier when I was studying this. Psalm 37 verse 4, delight yourself also in the Lord. Now, of course, to delight yourself in the Lord means you're, you're into the Lord. You love the Lord. You love His Word. You love the Holy Spirit. Uh, anything with God in His kingdom, you're into. So that's part of delighting yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. Hmm. Now, I, I just sensed the Holy Spirit showing me earlier that some of you have gotten too philosophical on this. You tried to get real philosophical and the Lord says, now, if you delight yourself in me, I'll give you the desires of your heart. And, and this is what some people do in the church. Oh God. Oh no, no God. All I want is you. I don't want anything but you. I don't want anything of this world. See, that's trying to get too philosophical. That actually is getting, I would call it getting spiritually goofy because you still have to live in this earth. You're going to need certain things. And if you are going to need certain things, why not have uh, a better thing than an inferior thing? Well, Pastor Stephen, you know, I've, I'm honest. I, you know, I, I do have a desire for uh, some new uh, kitchen chairs and a kitchen table. Well, then you need to tell God that because I, I need to, I need to share the other side of this with you. God, he is just not too interested in your table that you eat at in your chairs. So if you don't get involved in that and talk to the Lord about that, or if you don't have a desire from that, you'll eat at that same table, maybe for the rest of your life. <laughs> if God's like, Hey, if you, if you're fine with the table, I'm fine with the table. But you know, if you, if you look at it and you think, well, the chairs, you know, I, uh, these chairs are all kind of wore out. I'd really like to get some nice chairs. But see, understand, if you have a desire for that, at the same time, the, the chair or the throne that God's sitting on is just fine. So God's happy with his chair. God's happy with his throne. But if you're not happy with yours, and, you know, and that's something that you would like, yeah, the Lord's available to talk to you about that. He'll give you the desire of your heart. And he's going to work with you on what you desire, not what he desires, what you desire. All of his desires in that sense are met. He's got a nice table. Uh, you know, he's, he's got all of heaven, right? He's got, uh, he's got uh, nice chairs. He, God's not sitting in an old broken down chair thinking, I wish I had a better chair. He's got a perfect chair, perfect throne. But if you in your world, you think, well, I, I, I would like something better in that area. Well, then that's something that you're going to have to use your faith for, and you're going to have to believe God for. And if you don't, 
You may find out that God's not too interested. Uh, he's just not thinking about your chairs all the time. That's going to have to be you. You're going to have to do something about that. Use your faith. Jump on that assignment with your faith. Well, Pastor Stephen, it's just a chair. Well, maybe somebody could have said to her, hey, it's just, it's just your daughter. You know, it's just a demon bugging your daughter. You know, we got a lot of these cases, you know, give her some, uh, give her some drugs, uh, take her to the doctor. They'll load her up on meds, you know, put her out of her misery. Just let her be a vegetative state all day long. It's just is what it is. No, for her, that's her daughter. For you, that's your chair. And maybe you want a nice chair and maybe somebody else, you know what, maybe they're happy sitting in an old broken chair with one of the legs about ready to collapse at any moment and the whole thing fall down. But for you, you're like, now, hold on a minute. This is my place. I'd like to have some nice chairs. Well, then praise the Lord. Uh, use your faith for that. Use your faith for that. And I actually uh, kind of talking with the person one time about this. And he said, now hold on, Stephen. He said, now he said, God will meet your needs, but that's all he'll do. I said, that's not right. That's not true. He said, well, how do you, how, how do you know? I said, I had a, actually had a new, uh, a new Testament in my pocket that had Psalms and new Testament all together. And I pulled it out and opened it up. Psalm 37 verse, verse four. And I didn't read it for him. I handed the Bible to him. I said, you read that. What does that say? It says, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. He said, I didn't know that was in there. I said, well, it is. It is. And there's a lot of people, even if they know it's in there, they're like, oh, oh, no, no, no. God won't give you your desires. Sure he will. Sure he will. He even gave one to an outsider who was not in covenant. Woo. Even she got one because of her tenacious faith. <laughs> and don't forget her worship. Mm, mm, mm. Praise God. I told you that when you heard that, it's going to make you start hoping again. Yes, God can really do this for me. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Praise the Lord. Yes, he can. Now, maybe you're, you're sitting uh, in your place of residence and you're thinking, you know, Lord, I thank you for where I live. Maybe you're in a rental. Maybe you're in an apartment or something like that. But you have a little heart-to-heart -heart talk with the Lord, and you say, Lord, I, I can't help but notice that here in America, there's homes all over the place, and yet here I sit in an apartment. Now, Lord, I'm thankful for my apartment, and I, pray, I praise you that I've got a roof over my head and a nice apartment. But, Lord, every time I'm in this apartment each month, I'm just, I'm like throwing money away. Sure would be a lot better if I were building equity in home ownership. And so you look around and you see millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of homeowners and homes all over the place. Some even sitting empty. People own them. They don't. They got multiple homes that, that, and they're just sitting empty, not even being used. And you think, Lord, it sure would be nice to own a home. And that thing just comes into you and it gets so strong. What is that? It's a heart's desire. Oh, Pastor Stephen, I've got to push that down. I, that can't be of God. I have to worship God, love God only. I can't handle anything else in my heart. No, that's a, that's a sacred cow of, of religion, of man-made religion. Just need to kick it over, get the cow out, get the silly cow out, and uh, let your heart open into these areas of clean, pure desire that honor the Lord, that would give glory to the Lord with their manifestation, with their fulfillment. And then just use your faith. 
you're going to probably have to have some tenacious faith if you're in a situation. Maybe you don't qualify or whatever the case might be. But I'm just telling you there's a way. There's always a way with God. Mm-mm. And if you look to Him and you worship Him, I see the key. Woo, glory to God being put in your hand. Mm-mm. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. What about old King David? Hallelujah. Second Samuel chapter 5. Verse 10, so David went on and became great, and the Lord God of hosts was with him. So he's, you know, he's moved from Hebron, and now he's in Jerusalem. He's captured Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. He's already been anointed. It's all good. It's looking good. Things are turning around for David. Oh, verse 11, then Hiram, king of Tyre, sent messengers to David and cedar trees, and carpenters, and masons, and they built David a house. So David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel. Wow, how about that? Pastor Stephen, when they poured that oil on David, he must have shouted and said, I know it now. I know it's real now. Mm-mm. Pastor Stephen, when David walked through the, the gates of Jerusalem and said, it's mine, we've taken the city. He must have known for sure then that God was with him. Well, when I read my Bible, it looks like to me that when David had somebody build a house for him and he moved into a house and said, "Woo, I got my own home. Then the Bible says, so David knew that the Lord had established him. Mm, mm, mm. Some of you, you're trying to be too spiritual. <laughs> oh, yes, you need to pray. Yes, you need to read your Bible. Yes, do some fasting and stuff like that. Oh, yes, yes. Reach the lost and do all of that. Some of you, you're trying to get too spiritual. Praise the Lord. You're acting like you're in heaven when you're still here. Pastor Stephen, I'm, I'm the Ephesians 3.20 saint. I'm seated with Christ. While you're seated with Christ, you need to have a nice chair to sit on while you're here on this earth. And the way you're going to get in that nice chair, nice house, nice car, nice this, nice that, you're going to have to use your faith. You're going to have to worship the Lord, and you're going to have to be persistent with your faith because you can have your miracle too. Because God, God will work with you in this area of meeting you where your faith is at, and what it is concerning what your desire is. O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. You know what a couple of translations actually translate that as? Let it be to you as you wish. Not as you need. Not as you need, because as far as needs go, hey, there's a bunch of people that are demon-possessed. Just, you know, hey, uh, you know, everybody's got these needs, and just you're going to have to find a way to deal with it. Nope. Nope. This is desire. This is like, this thing is burning in my heart. I've got to have this. Not only that, I can't have it. So I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. Let it be to you as you desire. What is the thing in your heart that you desire God to do? Can you actually see Jesus telling you that you've done it? Wow. Your faith has moved me. Woo. You worship me. You got such strong faith. Let it be to you as you desire. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Praise the Lord. Mm. I know some of you have some desires. If you don't, you should probably get on the desire train real quick because God rides on that train. Mm -mm -mm. He's the conductor and the train is moving. 
You should see this too. John chapter 16. Let's go over to the gospel of John chapter 16. Somebody's going to get a house. Praise the Lord. Somebody's going to get a house. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Unrelenting, persistent faith that will not give up, will not quit, refuses to be denied. I've seen people get houses with credit scores of 300. I've seen people literally get houses with credit scores of 300. I have seen people that have asked that had no, watch this. I have seen people that have asked that had, uh, I'll tell you what they asked in just a moment, but I've seen people with no money, no deposit, no, no down payment, nothing, not even a, not $500, nothing, no down payment, nothing, no down payment, no credit score, but yet on raw faith, I have seen people go and ask, Hey, will you give me owner financing for that? And I've seen, I've seen the craziest things in the world where the owner says, well, you know, I tell you what, I do have the house paid off. I, I, I could do that. And, uh, what are you willing to pay me every month? Well, I can pay this. Well, let's draw up a contract and make it happen. I've seen people with no credit and no money do that and buy houses and they own them. They living in them today. One lady locally did it 15 years ago. Just asked a man that, Hey, you know, can I buy your house? Would you sell your house to me? I can make you monthly payments until I pay it and pay it. And then I've got enough that I'm able to, you know, finance it and get a loan or whatever I need to do. But please give me an open shot at this. Give me a shot. And this one man said, yes. And the house was stunning. Woo. <laughs> I'm not talking like a little old sugar shack over in the corner. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm not talking like a $30,000 fixer. Fix me up. No, I'm, I'm, this thing was hundreds and hundreds of that. You know, I don't know. I'd say maybe $400,000 home. Woo, praise the Lord. Still living there today, enjoying it. Obviously, the Lord was with her. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Some of you got enough faith to go way beyond the house situation. You need to be aiming for a higher target. Some of you, aren't, you already got your home and stuff like that. But you need to be going to these other areas of desire that will bring glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. And of course, we'll make you happy because God put that in you. Not to tease you, not to irritate you or bug you and hold it over you like a king, like dangling a carrot saying, don't you wish you could have it, but you can't. <laughs> that's, that's all religion. That's all religion that presents God as a God that says, don't you wish you could have it, but you can't until you get to heaven. That's all man-made religion. And you don't see it when you carefully examine and read the Gospels. How about this one? John chapter 16, verse 23. And in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Oh, Pastor Stephen, now don't, don't, don't read that to the believers or else now you could really get people excited and maybe they're going to go to extreme because Jesus said, whatever you ask, Oh, that's, that's like giving them a blank check. Oh, there's no telling what they're going to ask God. Pastor Stephen, if we actually read that verse to them, mm -mm. let's, let's open it up even further into the fullness of what Jesus was saying. Now here in John chapter 16, verse 23, 
I want to let you hear it more fully from the original Greek as translated by PC Nelson. Now they called, they called him dad PC Nelson. He was a, he was a father in the Pentecostal faith and uh, very active in the church in the 1900s used to be a, a Baptist pastor, then got filled with the Holy spirit and came over amongst the Pentecostals. But he was trained even in the Baptist church in Greek. He went on to become a Greek scholar and he was later hired by the government at one stage in his life because he was a linguistic expert and they used him in world war one to help, you know, with the uh, cracking of codes and the understanding of other languages and things like that. But he was considered while he was alive to be the number two Greek expert in the world of new Testament Greek. He could read and speak 32 languages, 32 languages. So he was considered the leading linguistic expert in the world and the number two Greek expert in the world. And this is what he says. Verse 23 means in the original Greek, in the original language, when Jesus uttered this, are you ready for this? Praise the Lord. Mm-mm. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the father in my name, he will give you. And if he doesn't have it, he will make it for you. <laughs> Woo! And if he doesn't have it, he will make it for you. I've actually seen one translation that translated it from the Greek where it says, and if he doesn't have it, he will create it for you. It's the same thing. He'll create it. He'll make it for you. Mm-mm. Praise the Lord. You can have that heart's desire. Well, I don't see it out there, Pastor Stephen, in the store. You can still have it. You can still have it. Mm. Praise God. I told you um, about the crazy story where I was in a store sometime back. This is like a year ago. And I saw a picture of something. The moment I saw the picture of it, I said, that's the one I want. That one right there. And they said, well, uh, Stephen, that's the one everybody wants. And we don't have it. We're sold out of everything in that product line. And not only that, the one that you want right there is sold out in the nation. There is no store in the nation that has that one. Now this particular item was selling, was selling by the millions. But while millions were being sold, this one particular model, which everybody, if I could use the word coveted, which means they really wanted it. That's the one everybody wanted. People all over the country were looking for it. Well, I said, I told the salesman, that's the one I want. Oh, Yes, Stephen, that's the one everybody wants. Um, we don't have that. And uh, we're probably never, ever going to see that here in the store. Now, this store that I went to was in North Wilkesboro, only about 10 minutes from the church right here. So the population, 4,222 people. That's that store. You've got mega cities 
with megastores in New York and Dallas or these other places. And those places are also sold out. People are looking for this all over. I came in a week later and I said, do you have it? They, and they looked at me like, well, no, of course we don't have it. And you know, it's, it's just, no, no Stephen, it, it's sold out. Nobody can get it. Nobody can get it. I actually went online and I verified it. You, I, I checked every source that, that could be, you couldn't find it anywhere in America. Nobody could get their hands on it. It didn't matter if you're a billionaire, you cannot get one of these. It's impossible. I say to you, whatever you ask the father in my name, he will give you. And if he doesn't have it, he will make it for you. I went in the next week, two weeks have gone by. I went in the next week. I walked in, came up to the counter, saw the salesman. I said, do you have it? He goes, oh, no, Stephen, no, we, we, we don't have it. There's, you can't, you can't get it. And the youngest employee working there, she, she's 18 years old. She was walking by and she overheard him say, oh no, we don't have that, Stephen. We're that, we just, no. And she, she overheard him say that and she stopped and she said, what did you just say? He said, we don't, we don't have that. She said, she said, one just came in. It's sitting back there on the receiving area. It just can't get, just got dropped off by, um, I can't remember who the delivery was, UPS or FedEx. They just dropped it off. It's, there's one sitting back there. And all of the workers standing there, all the salesmen stopped and looked at each other. And were, they were kind of like, no, no way. We've got to go see this. And they all went back to the back. And there it was. And they all brought it out. They brought it out. They're all like, it's in a box. It's never been opened. And they're all like looking at this. I said, bring it right over here. Bring it right over here. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. And they opened it up and there it was. Oh, oh, when they opened it up, not only was there, there it was, but it had the bells and whistles, the ultimate custom job. <gasps> they even put that on it. Oh, 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 Stephen. Now we, we only not, not only do we never see one of these, but this one, this one has, wow, it's got this on it. They, that, this has been in the custom shop. Oh, oh, I said, I'll take it. I'll take it. It's mine. I said, yeah, yeah. I already had my name. It's top, top on the list. I already had my name. Woo. Woo. Nobody had ever touched it. It was brand new, mm, brand new. Remove the old fuddy duddy religion that tries to lock you down and forces you to eat an old sour lollipop that's that, that you don't even like. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God wants you to have your heart's desire. And some of you, that desire is something big. It's something that when it happens, it's going to jolt people. Praise the Lord. Just like that thing for me. It was a testimony. Everybody in the store. Now, nobody said it, this is a miracle for people. Everybody, all the people in the store was like, oh, man, that's crazy. You know, and um, but I knew I knew that God had that for me. The company that it came from actually had an order 
for another product that they make. They had a they had an order for a million of these of this other item that they make, and they they were they they're still they're so backlogged. I, I was told the backlog could be for like I don't know two two years. They had a huge order for a million of these one things, so that everybody was like, "Oh, there's no way." The, the, the thing that you want, Stephen, there, there's no way that even if it were natural, there, there's no way because they're, they're backlogged. They're, they're, there's, just, there's just no way. <laughs> there it is, though. There it is. And I've got it in my house, in my office, at my home. I've got it. And sometimes I don't, I don't even open it. Sometimes I just look at the case. And I thank God you did it. And you're going to do it again. Praise the Lord. Amen. See, you just need to be willing to get on your knees and worship God in your, in your private time and say, God, I worship you. You're a miracle worker. You're a miracle worker. You're a miracle worker. Woo! Glory to your name. And what I'm asking you, even if you don't have it, you make it. You'll make it. Oh, now, Pastor Jim, he wouldn't go out of the way for any of us humans. Oh, no, God wouldn't do something like that. No, no, he will. He will. He will. And that's exactly what it says, literally. That are, that's the exact words that Jesus spoke. He'll, he'll not only do it, but if he doesn't have it, he'll make it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I think some of you have backed off of your big heart's desire because you just maybe got tired. Maybe you got tired. You need to press on. Worship will refresh you. I had a situation um, about a week ago uh, where I was alone in the house, and I just said, Lord, I'm going to take some time, and I'm going to worship you because you know what I'm believing for you to do. You know what the special thing is. And I'm just going to worship you and thank you that by faith I believe I've already got it. And... I was kneeling, worshiping the Lord. I said, Lord, I'm just going to lay out here before you, and I'm going to prostrate myself before you, and I'm going to put my hands out, and I'm just going to worship you, and I'm, going to, I'm just going to reach out and bless your feet. I just worship you. And I just did that, laid out on the floor. I was worshiping the Lord, and this went on for some time. My hand stretched out. How many of you know that's not very comfortable? <laughs> but it's okay. It's all right. It's all good. So I just laying there worshiping the Lord. And I, I looked up just a little bit because my face was at the ground. I looked up just a little bit. And when I looked up, I went into a vision and they're standing right where my hands at were the feet of Jesus. Jesus was standing there. I saw his sandals. I saw his robe. Oh, oh, Pastor Stephen, you probably jumped up and gave Jesus a hug. And Jesus probably looked at you and said, it's done. There it is. It's outside right now. Go get it. I've done it for you. I've heard. No, he didn't do that. And I didn't do that either. I just stayed there. I just stayed there, grabbed his feet, and I just said, Jesus, I worship you. I worship you. I praise you. I worship you. I praise you. And I worshiped him for about 30 minutes. And then that vision just lifted. I could see his feet for 30 minutes. And then that vision just lifted. Praise the Lord. It didn't mean that the thing I'm believing God for suddenly happened. But as you're on the journey, as you're on the journey, enjoy the journey and worship him. Because let me let you know, he knows 
And as you worship him and stay in that unrelenting faith, he's going to do it for you. He's going to do it for you. All that told me was, first of all, I loved the moment. I enjoyed worshiping the Lord. I loved it. And there is this thing in the spirit realm, such as when you go into the spirit, you have a vision or something like that. You could use different words to describe it. One would be osmosis. You know what he's thinking. He knows what you're saying or what you're thinking. There would also be what, uh, I don't like to use the wordage because it all people think new age, but it's, it's still true. Um, there is what you could call telepathy, uh, telepathy that he can understand words. And you can speak them without your mouth moving when you're in the spirit. And there's been times I've, I've stood before the Lord and he's said something and he never, his mouth didn't move, but the word just went, whoop, went from him right to me. I knew exactly what he said, knew exactly what to do. So whether it's like a type of osmosis or telepathy, or sometimes, yes, you do talk back and forth in the spirit realm. But I knew exactly what was taking place. I just, I just knew he knows and I'm just going to keep on worshiping him and it's going to happen. It is going to happen. Praise the Lord. And I want you to be on that journey too and worship the Lord before it ever happens. Worship him. Praise the Lord. And then, then of course, after it does happen, keep on worshiping him. Praise God. You know, um, John Osteen, the father of Joel Osteen, he, he went home to be with the Lord, of course, and Joel took his place and carried on with the church and the church grew and, and so forth. But John Olstein was a great preacher and he talked about the time back in the 1970s, every year he would host a missionary conference at his church and he would invite all the missionaries in and his church would just pamper the missionaries and bless them uh, for a few days. They would feed them and take care of them and minister to them. And uh, he just wanted to wanted it to be a special time. And of course, they would try to, you know, raise funds to support them so they can do their mission work around the world. And uh, it just popped into his heart. Pastor Osteen said that he had this desire very strongly pop into his heart. The next time we have this convention, which the next one, he, uh, some months had gone by. So it was like nine months since they had the past convention. He was about three months out until they got up to the convention again. He said, the next time we have this convention, which was going to be about three months for the missionaries, he said, I'm, he said, I'm going to believe God for two cows. That way we could have a barbecue and somebody can bring two cows and then they can, the cows can be butchered and sliced up and barbecued, and we can have a great time. I'm believing God for two cows. So he went out the following Sunday, and he told his church members, I'm believing God for two cows, so that when we have our missionary conference in a few months, we can have two cows, and we can have a barbecue, and we can have a great time, and we can have a lot of meat to eat. He said, I want some people to stand with me in faith. Who will do it? And he said, there's some people that agreed with him, stand in faith with him, that somebody would bring two cows. Now, this was when the church had 150 members, and he really would need God to do a miracle for it, because it's not like, you know, there's 20,000 people there. Uh, this, there's only 150 people there, but boy, that, that was a desire. That was a desire that somebody would bring two cows and they could 
have a barbecue and somebody would, you know, butcher the cows and they'd have a lot of meat and they got a big Texas barbecue. So he's going along every day, praising God for his two cows. God, I thank you. Somebody's going to bring two cows and we're going to have us a barbecue at this upcoming uh, missionary conference. And he every day praising God, worshiping the Lord. And he said, after a little while, he got kind of got tired of doing that. But he caught himself and said, no, I need to push on. I need to push on. Lord, I praise you. I believe for my two cows. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody is going to bring two cows. We're going to have us quite a barbecue. And he just kept pushing on. But then one day he had these thoughts that just began to come to him from the devil. And the devil said, you know, this is kind of silly. Don't you think that you're believing for two cows? I mean, you, you actually have enough money in the church account that, that you could just take money out of that account and then you could, um, you know, you could just go buy some food and you could bring some food in. You don't really need to believe for two cows. I mean, I mean this, is, this is kind of silly, don't you think? You're believing for two cows. John Osteen said, no. He said, I'm believing for two cows. And he pushed on. I'm believing for two cows. God, thank you for two cows. You're going to do it. Somebody's going to show up, and we're going to have two cows, and they're going to be butchered, and we're going to have a big barbecue, and it's going to be a great testimony, and we're going to have a great time. But the enemy came back around again, and John Olstein said the enemy just suggested, you know, this is kind of silly, though. Two cows? Are you sure you need two cows? I mean, you got the money. Come on. You don't need two cows. And John Olstein said... I remember the moment in my spirit, I released it. And I said, yeah, I, I guess I don't need two cows. We'll just uh, cater some food in. And yeah, we don't really need to do that. Well, it wasn't too much longer. They got to the conference and uh, everybody showed up and they brought some food in and had a nice conference. But John Olstein said after the conference was over, he had a powerful visitation from the Lord and the Lord didn't let him off the hook so easy in this vision. The Lord showed him two huge snakes. Each snake John Olstein said was about as big as a barrel. The snake was like gigantic, about as big as a barrel. Each snake was about 20 feet long. And he, it's like he had like some type of x-ray vision in the spirit and inside of each snake, he could see a cow. He could see the hooves, the horns, the shoulder, the rump. Uh, he could see the cow was inside of each. There was a cow inside of each snake. And he said, Jesus looked at him and said to him, I just want you to know you let the devil steal your cows. Mm -mm. He said, I just want you to know. You let the devil steal your cows. Praise the Lord. Maybe somebody doesn't understand your heart desire. Maybe they think your cow desires silly. But you know what? That's your heart desire. And whether it's a cow or a chair or a house or something else, that's just the desire that you have in there or a deliverance of a child receiving deliverance from a demon, whatever it is, it's not a problem for God to do for you. He'd like to do it for you.
So don't give up. Don't quit. Have unrelenting faith and along the journey, as much as you can, worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. Because it always brings a response. <laughs> it might not be that end response, but it'll always bring a response. But it's that great faith that'll take you all the way around. Mm -mm. All the way, first, second, third, and home base. Praise God. And you'll see it. And you'll enjoy it. And it'll be a testimony to many. Every time I go into that store, there's not one worker where I got that, that miracle item. There's not one worker that, there who doesn't know who I am. Every time I go in, they, they all know I, who I am. He's the guy. He's the guy that got the, that, that, that unbelievable item that nobody else in the country could get. Woo! Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. I don't think I... I, 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 how can I say? I won't set this in stone. That one thing I got, I'll never sell it. It's, wor it's already worth more than what I bought it for. The moment I got it, it was worth more than what I paid for it because of its demand. But I'll never sell it, even if it doubles, triples, doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. I'll never sell it. Every time I look at it, I know that He is the God that, as Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will give you. Because I'd asked Him for it. I not only told the guys that work there and the gals, that's what I want. I, I went home and said, God, you can do it. They said it's not anywhere in, in the state. It's not anywhere in the nation. Everybody wants it, and everybody did. But I said, you can give me one. Mm -mm. And he did. And if he doesn't have it, he'll make it for you. He'll create it for you. Maybe they sold out. Well, they can make one more just for you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Lift your hands, Father. I pray for those that are watching today that they will never, ever give up on their heart's desire. And that what they'll do now is even push more, push more, push more, because they're going to get it. And Father, I believe many will be shouting before the year is out. I got it. Now, Father, we give you the praise. And when we in a sense, do have it, and it is fully there, we will testify. Mm -mm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Give him some praise. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. I see you holding yours. Praise God. A lot of keys, a lot of keys, a lot of keys being released today in the Spirit. Not, I'm just talking about keys to houses, keys to all kinds of things, keys to all kinds of things that denotes ownership. Praise God. I see in you as the owner. Praise the Lord, the head and not the tail. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you're watching today's program and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, he's so good. He's ready right now with open arms to receive you if you'll simply Invite him into your heart. Why don't you do that right now? Just say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross and you rose on the third day. You paid the penalty for my sins on the cross. Thank you, Jesus, that you died to save someone like me. Jesus, thank you. Now, Jesus, come into my heart. Wash all of my sins away. Write my name in your book of life.
Thank you, Jesus. I receive you now to my heart as my Lord and Savior and King. Jesus, in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. He has moved right in. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. So happy to know that your heart is right now with God. My friends, let's take Holy Communion together. Grab some unleavened bread. Grab some grape juice. For those of you that have prayed the prayer of salvation, email me. I'd love to hear from you. Email me at contact at stephenbrooks.org. Just let me know, Pastor Stephen, I prayed the, the prayer of salvation. My life is now right with God. I would love to rejoice with you. Praise God. Amen. Now, Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it and set it apart as holy through this prayer. We thank you. This is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the, the flesh, the body of Christ. Thank you that all of his promises are yes and amen. And Father, as we receive the flesh of Jesus, we just say, we believe you're going to do it. We believe you're going to do it. And by faith, we call it done. Thank you, Father, that you're so good. You're so good. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the body of Christ. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for watch, uh, washing any stains or vestiges of man-made religion. And Father, we thank you that some have endeavored to teach the word properly, but they were teaching from a discouraged heart, and it caused them to establish perhaps certain ways of teaching that did not represent your will or your power to bless. But Father, we thank you that you're ready to bless, able to bless, willing to bless. And we thank you that you are the originator and the giver of heart's desires. And you created us all uniquely different, all liking. We have different likes, different tastes, different preferences, whether it's shoes or food or colors or music. So Father, we just thank you. You also allow us to have such a wide variety of desires. And we thank you, Father, that when these desires are pure and clean, they're noble, and they're good, then we thank you. You're, you're with us. And as we stay with you, these things are going to happen. And it will bring us much joy and will bring you glory. And Father, we ask that if we have committed any sin, that you would wash all of our sins away. We thank you and give you praise. We forgive anybody and anyone who has sinned against us. We completely forgive them. We bless them. And we continue to move on in faith and joy. We praise you, O God. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's receive.
Praise the Lord. Would you like to do some things that are very risky, but they're not dangerous? How about this? Instead of jumping off the top of a building with the bungee cord that you hope and pray doesn't break, how about this? At 1.30 in the morning, you get up to go use the restroom, or you get up just because you can't sleep. How about this? Get out of bed, go to a quiet room, and lift up your hands and begin to worship the Lord. Oh, you're moving into an area of risky, explosive, unusual things when you begin to do stuff like that. What if you got your work done, you're sitting around, and you have a little free time, maybe 15 minutes, nobody is around? What if you got down on the ground and say, Jesus, I bow before you and worship you. You're the sovereign God of the universe. Nothing is too hard for you. Jesus, I just, I've got 15 minutes. I want to worship you and thank you because I believe you're going to do this for me. And I just thank you in advance. What if you just did stuff like that on a continual basis? <laughs> Woo! You will have a very strange, unusual life of blessings manifesting all over, and great prayers answered in, in great ways. Now, 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 of course, when that happens, people will, they will begin to uh, formulate their own theology. They'll start saying things like that. Oh, well, that person's special. Now, that person's an exception for some unusual rule. That person is an exception, but it won't work for us. No, you know, there's no gimmicks or tricks. You know, you're just working the word. Mm -mm, that's what you're doing. There's no tricks or gimmicks. You're just working the word. And you're following Holy Spirit instructions, and it's working for you. One more time, lift your hands. Father, bless your people. I thank you that they're walking in light and illumination. And I thank you that your people that walk in this light are the happiest people on the earth. Thank you, Father God. We give you great praise. We give you great praise. We thank you, Father God. Lord, we give you glory. Glory. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Father God. And I would hear the Lord say, go and set the prisoners free. Just like the mother, just like the woman said, Lord, you're going to have to do this or I'm going to be the greatest pest to your ministry you've ever seen. <laughs> See, she's on the outside. Remember, you're on the inside. But I just, I see that you have authority. So you can use that authority and go before the Lord and stay in faith and believe and there will be deliverances that will be wrought because of your prayers of faith. Now, Father, we thank you. We thank you that there will be those set free. Thank you. We give you praise right now, right now. And Father, we thank you that your timeless principles work. They work. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. We thank you for refreshing and blessing. We give you praise. We give you praise. Praise the Lord. My friends, don't let the troubles that our nation is going through discourage you or distract you from this assignment. Stay on your assignment, the manifestation of your heart's desire. Yes, pray for the nation. But what's going to happen is there's some things in the nation that the Lord is going to fix himself. And there is going to be such a beautiful move of the spirit 
that in, in many ways, it's like it's going to happen in one day. It's going to happen in one day. I'm talking about the Lord Jesus removing the fog off the nation. And there's going to be the moving of the Spirit, the joy of the Lord, and things like that. But my friends, so you have to not let present difficulties or circumstances take your focus. Again, that's why so many people never manifest what God wants them to. Why? Broken focus. Broken focus. Stay on it. Keep on worshiping the Lord. And even as God begins to move and great miracles happen in our nation, you're going to need these areas you're going to have to have these things accomplished. They will be, they will be implemented in the coming season. They will be very, very useful. You'll be very, very glad you punched through and you were able to pull these things through. Glory to God. You'll be so glad you didn't quit or give up. Praise God. Father, we thank you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for watching. I'll see you back next time. Bye-bye.